0: Hello, boys and girls. This is your Peter Pan Storyteller. When you hear this sound, turn the page.
1: The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. what's up welcome to the five count here we are how are you it's pretty good yeah you seem good seem great seem like the best
2: can you do me a favor and turn up headphone number three thank Um, you so much just a little bit thank you that's
1: a plenty can you hear me that's a lot hello yeah oh hey it's real loud hey here we are are you there oh yeah welcome to the show thank you so much sorry ton i got a little excited because i just saw that godsmack is coming to mystic lake really you know who else should be coming to mystic lake
2: finally you can get that tattoo Uh, signed
1: isn't that something and
2: then when they sign it you can then get it tattooed next to your other tattoo
1: what if i go up there and ask them to sign it and they say
2: go away that's i don't know wouldn't that be awful yeah but i mean
1: i could go and talk to them i'll convince them you heard it ton is in we're going to Godsmack. <laughs> it's on tape. <laughs> I don't oh, care if you're man. trying to fake sick. You're going. Okay. I
2: mean, not okay, but okay.
1: It's going to be really good. It, it is. Oh wait, they're they're calling it an intimate evening with Godsmack. Wow, can't go wrong there. Intimate. Yeah, like sexy stuff. What does that even mean? I just told you, Ton. Sexy Godsmack. Sexy. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you'll find out when we get there. Okay. I got some tickets up near the front. Oh, they're only 324 bucks. Wow. Each. Cheap for you. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Ton, you seem like you're in high spirits. Oh, yeah. The holidays are upon us. Mm hmm. Making great radio for another season. They're really, it's something. It's, I don't know what it is, honestly.
2: This season is going by real quick. It's T's and C's if you ask me. It's pretty good so far.
1: Got a lot of excitement tonight. Really? Special show. I mean, they're all pretty special, but tonight, is especially special. Real special. We've got an exclusive interview tonight. Special guest. Guess who's joining us, Tom? Take a guess. No idea. You don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Lee Gorman, founder and bassist for Bow Wow Wow. <laughs> We're going to go wild in the country tonight. <laughs> that's that. Yeah. Wow. Because wants candy. Yeah, that's really something. Wow. I know. That's uh, unbelievable. It's an early Christmas gift for all the gentle listeners. Mm. Bow that's... Wow Wow. It's
2: very uh, giving of you, Dust. You ever listen to that guy play? It's I, ridiculous. Okay. He's like. I haven't paid attention really at
1: all. He's think. like the you of bass players. Uh, the meat. The what? Exactly. More like the you. You're the bass player around here. No, but I mean just the like you. Okay. Just like in general.
2: All right. Wow. I'm not sure what that means, but thank you so much.
1: I think everyone knows what that means. <laughs>
2: Man, so this is going to be a cool show. Lots of sweet music.
1: Yeah, Lee Gorman. Wow. We'll play some other stuff. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll even get Christmasy later. Have you been shopping recently? Have I been showering? No. Shopping. I never touch the stuff. Shop. Shopping. Are At you asking, store? did I get you a Christmas
2: gift? No, yes, I did. I'm just asking if you go with shop. I've been trying to avoid it.
1: Giving me a gift? And going shopping. Yeah, both oh. things i've been shopping for you i got time? you something great i mold over it is that a word <laughs> i, I think... richard mold over it for okay months months i'll bring it next week wow
2: unbelievable special christmas gift i didn't realize i i guess i just forgot like how packed the shopping continues to be even after black friday like i expected a lull and it's not happening
1: kind of crazy so are you doing your shopping online or are you just going to uh, say f it i'm not getting anyone a gift my gift is presence enough
2: no i have been doing some shopping online even though i try not to do that so much but i've been doing some there and then the stuff local i just try to like slide on in i wait till i see that there's not very many cars and then
1: i like just take the opportunity you know what i mean like white snake yes yes Slides right in. Slide it in. Ton ain't never going to stop. Man,
2: it's pretty good. My daughter lost uh, her other front tooth, so she can officially sing the two front teeth song this year.
1: She's missing her front teeth. What do you get? um, If any of the kids are out there listening, just cover your ears for the next 12 seconds. Uh, What does a tooth go for today on the open market?
2: Well, it was starting, my wife was starting to get it out of hand, because she was like a dollar on the first one, two bucks on the second one, three bucks on the third one, you know, like four bucks. So this was the sixth one, lost, and... So $600? No, I went back, I was like, I'm done with
1: this, she gets two bucks. And then some, like, I gave her candy. It's not 1992. What are you supposed to buy with $2? She puts it in with the rest of her money. You got to lose like a whole mouth's worth of teeth to even be able to afford one boring-ass Lego set.
2: She doesn't buy anything with her money. She saves all her money. She's got lots and lots of money that she's been saving. She doesn't spend any of it almost ever. What is she
1: saving it for?
2: Like Who knows? I don't know. 401k? Maybe, I, I don't know. Saving it till she's much older and can probably make wiser decisions.
1: I don't know. So then that $2 will be worth a $1.20. It could be. We
2: also uh, put glitter on the money. Spray the money with hairspray and then sprinkle glitter on it. It's been a different color every time. And the hairspray dries, the glitter on nice, but then later on, you know, when you want to use it, you just can like wrinkle the dollar around, and the glitter will fall off. I bet you the shopkeeps hate that. No, we wrinkle it off before. No she... wonder you've
1: been thrown out of all the local stores. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the harder part, I think, is trying to find interesting treats that she hasn't. I don't. I don't. I don't know why I feel like I need to get treats that she hasn't had before or, or doesn't regularly see, so that she's not in the store and just goes like. Dad, you sure you didn't buy that Snickers right here? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I got her, like, these peach gummies from Japan and just other stuff I knew she she hadn't had before. Like
1: wasabi Kit Kats? No, I don't get that So does she think the Tooth Fairy is Japanese?
2: No, but she definitely does think the Tooth Fairy is real, and that wasn't an intentional thing. Like, we just put the stuff in there, and we let her roll with it. She 100% doesn't think
1: that Santa exists, but totally thinks the Tooth Fairy's real. Does it seem odd to you that we're okay with people potentially crawling into our bedroom windows at night and stealing our body parts? It is kind of weird,
2: but we started from the beginning. She didn't want the Tooth Fairy to steal it, so... We said you can write the Tooth Fairy a note that you want to keep your tooth, and the Tooth Fairy will leave it for you. Because she's been keeping all of her teeth in this little jar.
1: Also... With her money? No. Separate from the money. Okay. Also, um... Just trying to understand your family and their
2: wacky customs. She has this little pillow bag type thing. It's like a little ribbon. It's like pink and purple. And the ribbon, you hang this bag thing, oh, and it has a little embroidered like message to the Tooth Fairy kind of thing, and it's a little pocket in there. That gets hung on the doorknob on the outside of the bedroom door. So the, it's not a weird... Like, I grew up thinking the Tooth Fairy came into my room and like grabbed a tooth out from under my pillow and slipped some other stuff into it. That's like a very up-close-and-personal kind of activity there. Right in your bedroom. I think that was a weird uncle. It's very weird. Anyway you slice it. And uh, anyway, so this is like, they don't come into the bed. The, the the Tooth Fairy doesn't come in your room or anything weird. Tooth Fairy just visits the little bag hanging on the outside of your door. Drops some treats and some money. And goes on their merry way. Where does the Godsmack come in? Uh, when you get to Mystic and spend
1: all of my daughter's money on <laughs> gambling, now we're talking. <laughs> Full circle, baby. Full God smack sun circle. Yeah, it's really me. something. Should we play some music? <clears throat> yeah, man. You sound like you're going to puke, so maybe we should play a song. Yes, we'll be back. Um, it's the five count. Thank you. Sorry.
3: Henry Kissinger,
0: how I'm missing you And wishing you were here. Henry Kissinger, how I'm missing you You're so chubby and so mean With your funny clothes and your squishy nose You're like a German pal so please- Fauci do we want to be up, mommy? Shoot me, do we want to be cry baby, Cry, baby, my baby, my baby. Oh, we such a cry, baby. Oh, we such a cry, baby. Do crying all the time, cry, baby. time.
4: I'm upstairs, I can't travel on a beat, miss things so hot, turn down that heat like, no peace when I pump up the streets, screaming down your block and I bumping Khalees, look I don't share and I don't sub please better leave him on the grill cause that's my me Lottie Dottie, shut down your party, I'm hopping off Ferraris, me and a couple Yardies, raise in the cheeks. TNT, you on the body, it's the time to chill and the time to get rowdy Tick, tick, boom, my reputation, he just fell for a new temptation, so I gotta serve him with a new citation, I'm not spinning in no quotation New and my forgotten truth of time so feverishly desired. For what is love to a child on a loose butt, an idea that has simply perspires. No flow sharper than a switchblade. blade. Mr. Meana stack figures for a rainy day. Get into the coins, but I stay paid. See you never booked them source so you can relate. Never ever eat the name of a birthday cake. That's who do deep roots, cause we grow that way. No, I never played the block, I'll move that way. That you're talking, my admit I need a change. the pace, I got answers. Lap dancers in your face, and it still kicks the killer. No my name, I sway. Bad brains rocket out till I blow that fix. It's mad fish to the sea, but don't take that bait. Love a boy playing games, till I'm hitting my phone. Lay it out playing for your spot, get blown. Why leave me and and fuck with a clone? Better find some sense for your hit or down clone. Like Get me.
5: Hey, this is the Fish Masters, and you're listening to Dustin and Tun on the Five Cows. How many five? Fish Masters! you, exactly one minute, to find a clean dress and get your ass in it, I know what I'm gonna do, I'm getting drunk with all without you, yeah, I'm getting drunk with all without you, well, I'm tired of sitting around this chicken shack, hell, gonna hit the bar, gonna drink Baking a lot in the middle of my belly. Good times a few, and I need many. Maybe you can come along too. But I'm getting drunk with all without you. Yeah, I'm getting drunk with all without Maybe we should stay at home. Leave our well enough alone. Call our mothers on the phone. Hello, Mama. You ever found a $20 bill underneath a stack of trash cans? My favorite bar is down the road. I'm gonna drink you pretty, you beautiful toad. Coal all the wild is ringing in my ear. There's a worm in a bottle screaming, get me out of here. You know what I gotta do? I'm getting drunk with all without you. Yeah, I'm getting drunk with all without you. That's right, I'm getting drunk with all without you.
3: Hey guys, this is Julia Hart from AEW and you're listening to The Five Counts.
1: Quit fumbling with the mic. Keeps loosening up. We got work to do, and I want candy. You need all this to tighten up real tight like. Hey, welcome back to the five count. Ooh! Oh, yeah. Tons here. I am like here. you didn't know. Like and, that wasn't
2: the only reason you tuned in. And you want to know something? You could be here too. You could be here via text message or via via voicemail. Just call the five count hotline, why don't you? Five zero seven five one nine twenty thirty.
1: Yeah, we got a couple of those this week, Ton, if you're interested. All right. Before you open your fan mail. Maybe you want to hear from uh, John in New Ulm. I do. Oh, here's a question, or a statement. Here's some things that he said. Just saw The Iron Claw. Maybe about those five wrestling brothers. Movie I would see, and if true, and Ton should see, if true, use my gift card, maybe 2024. Just saw it in December. Also, let Ton know that Cashwise in New Alm has Dill Mustard, the Silver Springs brand, $2. And also, Highway 14 is open. <laughs> Love, John.
2: John, thank you so much. I didn't know I could just drive to an adjacent <laughs> city and get some Dill Mustard. Yes! Wow
6: could that you is imagine exciting.
2: john am i supposed to let you know if i come to the Cashwise?
1: are you gonna escort me to the dill mustard wait there's more about 10 30 p.m sunday night december 3rd freak neighbor shot off loud fireworks thing i would love to light some cherry bombs by his bedroom window in the middle of the night not the first time freak has done this was looking at old text to five count on old phone when it just happened what wow. would ton do wow love again John and new homem what do you think about that freak what a freak set what would you do ton well give him the what fur I don't know
2: um i don't I don't get frazzled real easy about stuff like that i don't it's like but I can't you would just calmly kill him <laughs> I can't really say because uh, I don't know the whole situation. And The and, guy's a freak, Tom. And thankfully, I have had really great, excellent neighbors where I've never had to deal with freaks right next door.
1: Freaks come out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Depends on what kind of freak it is. You know what I mean? But I, I don't what ta- what time of night are we talking about with this? 10:50 p.m. 10:50 p.m. on a Sunday. So I guess if I'm honest, um if I had that scenario and the fireworks like woke up my kids and whatever, then I'd probably have to have a chit-chat with the guy. But it but I'd have like good reason, you know? I'd I'd be like, "Listen." You'd yeah. say, "Hey, freak." We got work, and my children got school, and, you know, we need, like, come on. As long as you get the fireworks done by, like, 8 o'clock, 7, 8 o'clock, we're good. We're in
1: business. Yeah. My knuckles would like to have a talk with you. That's what I would do. That's what I would say.
2: I'd say, listen, reasonable time. And I'd then say, if, listen, freak. Just, re- <laughs> I wouldn't call the guy a freak. <laughs> Oh, man. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, dill mustard. And I appreciate your fan mail. I got it opened right here. Sir, Dustin. You got more mail? Yeah, for the ton to
1: read. Five man, count. John is just... I guess because he's up all night due to his freak neighbors, he's got yeah. time to write you all these notes. Wow. Look, at he's got some mail math back
2: here. We'll mail this Monday, November 27th. Dustin should get... Wednesday or Thursday, 29th or 30th, to read Tuesday, December 5th, recording night. Wow. And I can hear it Saturday, December 9th. Wow, he's got it all figured out. It's all coming true, John. It's got to happen according to John's schedule. Just like
1: your equation said. Wow. It's all happening. Dust, he gave us a Gatorade coupon. He gave us a peanuts coupon. What? Wow, you're very excited. Nesquik Dust. Nesquik coupons. Tons of freak when it comes to Nesquik. Nesquik.
2: 50 cents at cottage Cheese dust. More lint chocolates. What is this? Dust. This is the car's cards and stickers and a driver's license. Have you seen this? Ho, ho, ho. What is happening That's going to be given to my children. Look at this. Guido. Ha, ha. Pete's up. Guido who? works at Luigi's Casa de la Tires. What's happening right has now? Has big dreams of performing a pit stop on a real race car someday.
1: You don't know who Guido is. I don't know what's even happening in general. Oh, you don't know the sheriff. What Do you are know those? Any of these? What are you, Do you know, looking Ramon? at? What are, you, what are these they're, things you are even saying? They're
2: cars, cards, cards of the cars of the cars, movies, cards. Huh? Owner of Ramon's house of body art. Ramon is a true artist.
1: Wow. Yes. Man, these are awesome. I'd like to apologize to anyone listening to this program. I had no idea these were made. I had no idea a ton was going to do whatever ton's doing. They got everybody. Ramon,
2: Flo, Doc Hudson, Sally Mater, Lightning McQueen.
1: Wow. This is really great. Now I know how the rest of the listeners feel. I'm not in on the joke it's not a joke it's really cool car sitting cars. here listening and confused you've never seen the movie cars no you d- have it we did have Gary Newman on the program dust your son has never seen cars I don't think so is that what you're saying to me it sounds like a thing I might be saying you're not gonna hit me are you this
2: is ridiculous why has he never seen
1: cars uh, I don't know maybe because it's Not as cool as you're making it seem? No, it's really cool. Cars is really good. Has he seen Toy Story? Has he seen Planes? Planes? Is that the sequel to Cars? No, it's different. But it's about airplanes. No, we watch cool stuff. Like what? Oh, you know, like Santa with Muscles. All right. Gremlins Part 2. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I mean he's older now. Mr Bean. The classics. Mr. Magoo. Okay. It's fun at my house.
2: Um, cars is super fun and really cool. So but I mean here's the thing. You would admittedly I'm I like like actual cars. I'm into cars, automobiles
1: like driving and stuff
2: yeah and yeah and building and whatever um but i would say these are really good where like anybody could like them you don't have to be interested in cars to like the movie's cars so i'm just surprised like that you don't even like lightning mcqueen this this has been out for a long time it looks like these cards are even from 2006 like when the first cars came out that's pretty cool thanks john My kids love cars. Sophia loved cars so much that she had a cars themed birthday party one year. And I also made her like a huge lightning McQueen outfit that she wore for Halloween one year. So, yeah, she will absolutely love this. And my son carries a lightning McQueen all over the place. And the thing is, they don't even, like, Sophia has seen Cars more than once, but Sibelius has seen the first Cars movie maybe once, but he's still, um, we didn't really let him watch TV almost at all until he was over two years old. So he still is, like, good for, like, a half hour tops of anything on the TV, and then he's done. He's moving on. so he doesn't even hang out and watch that stuff all that much. But anyways, he loves Lightning McQueen. He's even got a little, he's got a couple of Macs. Mac is the semi-truck that Lightning
1: gets pulled around in. All right, we also have a letter. There's more? <coughs> Do you ever watch Elf and Elf's Christmas with your kids? No, I would not make them suffer through that. Oh. No. Would you watch it with me? Yes. Yes, I would. Thank you.
2: We watched uh, the original Grinch recently, and we've watched uh, the original Frosty. Um, I feel like I have to clarify that because every person I've said that to says, oh, like the Jim Carrey Grinch, and I say, no, the original like cartoon Grinch.
1: Do you and guys ever watch Godsmack? No, we
2: definitely do not. We did watch some tractor pulls on YouTube, though. That was pretty fun. All right, I'm going to read this. it's kind of the same. Ton, Dustin. Ten cards plus small sticker sheet. Plus, make your own driver's license enclosed. Yes, thank you so much, John. We'll mail more next time. Maybe Dustin wants a few. It's very obvious, John, that Dustin doesn't care about cars or your gifts.
1: So, you know... Omit the ones for Dustin. Sorry, do they have John from New Alm trading cards? I don't know. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be sweet if they did. I'll take a few of those.
2: I actually sent slash mailed the Mission Impossible poster before I heard you bring it up on November 18th. Wow. Seems like you can't go through summer without a Tom Cruise or Shark movie. Have fun with the cards. Sometimes even a small thing makes a person happy. Thank you, Dustin, Ton, John. Saturday, November 25th, 2023, 1049 p.m. This is right after the explosion or right before.
1: That was the day before, I think. <coughs> Those freaks let all that stuff off. Wow. bunch of freaks. <laughs> oh, Dust. Ton, thank you for this. Thank you, John. Thank you, Ton. I got... Real exciting announcement to make. We have an exclusive interview with Lee Gorman. Really? He's the founder and bassist for Bow Wow Wow. Remember that band? I heard he completely rocks. Golly golly, go buddy. Bow Wow Wow. Oh yeah. He does rock. You should listen to him. Why don't we listen to what he has to say and then we'll hear what he has to play. All right. We could do it all tonight. Isn't that fun? Yes. Yes. We're joined today by the one and only Lee Gorman, founder, bassist for the band Bow Wow Wow. Lee, how are you doing today?
7: Dustin, I'm doing good.
1: Well, first of all, it's an honor speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining me.
7: Oh, you're very welcome. It's an honor speaking to you, Dustin. It's very <laughs> kind of you to ask.
1: Well, I know uh, Bow Wow Wow is uh, on the road here playing some shows. Uh, first of all, how, how are the shows been going here so far with this current tour?
7: Uh, they've been going great. And um, I don't know if you realize that my band is the one with a different singer. Sure, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, just some people get confused because, anyway, but um, they've been going great. You know, we've got really good uh, reaction. I I always have. um, uh, The music speaks for itself. It has an inbuilt energy, and it's like uh, taking the the serum from when we were 20 years old and taking that energy and and (laughs) reproducing it 35, 40 years later and it still has that same effect on people when they hear it. And the same effect on me and, and the band when we play it and sing it. So in, in answer to your question, you know, it's, it, it's, it always goes well. That's one of the reasons I still do the music of Bow because I've played a lot in other bands, and especially when I was beginning, and there'd always be this debate after the show. So how did it go? I think it was okay. There's never even a debate. <laughs> we always know it went well. And this was a complete disaster, like a technical breakdown
1: awesome yeah it, it seems like the new lineup is uh, working well together are you guys going to continue to play shows into the next year here
7: yes yes we've got shows booked in uh, california i'm just thinking back looking back in my head about our schedule which we need to post yeah we've got some updated shows coming up but mainly in southern california in los angeles we're playing a whiskey a go-go in february if you're online, listeners is or in the L.A. area. We're playing Long Beach in January the 6th. And we're playing at the uh, Coach House in San Juan Capistrano, Southern California. So there's a lot in Southern California, but we, we usually end up playing Texas or the East Coast. You know, all over America, we're very fortunate.
1: Excellent. Yeah, it seems like a lot of bands from... From that era, you know, kind of the new wave sound they're really finding a second life now on the road, maybe it reminds people of a happier time
7: that, that's true, I think it does. I mean every show we do there's people come up to us with such beautiful stories, saying, you know, oh, we were on the way to the to the hospital when our daughter was being born, and you know I want candy was being played on the radio, so you know, we called her Candy, or you know, just just beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> sweet stories like that. And uh, you know, I remember I met my husband when we saw you 35 years ago, or you know. So it's wonderful that people can relive, you know, great moments in their, in their life, and and um, and relate to the music that we did, and still do. I, I, that really gives me a, a, a big buzz. that, You know, it's so nice to to be rest- not responsible, but be associated with something positive in people's lives.
6: Sure.
1: Well, Lee, can you talk a bit about your your influences? Uh, you know how you developed your playing style because there was a lot of different sounds back then. But bow Wow Wow always really seemed to be doing something even more different than everybody else was.
7: That's right, that's, and that's another reason I still love to play play live with this band. Um, I I, uh, I started in about nineteen seventy four. When I was a teenager, and I was doing guitar at school, I used guitar lessons, and I was playing classical guitar for the orchestra and doing, you know, learning to read music. And and I liked playing flamenco, and I found I could improvise easy. And we also had a little rock band we used to do. uh, They were, you know, 13. Two of the guys were 13, and I was 14. And we played Led Zeppelin and um, Black Sabbath, you know, (laughs) And all those kind of covers, Smoke on the Water, (laughs) uh, Deep Purple, all all that stuff. And we loved doing it. And I ended up singing it too. And we stayed together. We were called Lazy after the Deep Purple song. And uh, our guitar player, Alan Murray, he was the one that uh, taught me how to play bass. He was an amazing guitar player. At 13 years old, he could play note for note Jimi Hendrix solos, Richie Blackmore. You know, he was incredible and a great talent. And um, he went on to do music, at, I think like head of music at a university or something, years later. We stayed in touch over the years, and he used to come to the Barrow House shows. But he was the one who actually taught me, you know, in simplified fashion, four bars on that note, count four on that note. And gradually, I started to jam uh, along with uh, records. I'd set up my little amplifier with my mum and dad were out, and play you know, all the records that I had, which were mainly, you know, bad company. I remember playing bad company. <laughs> and then one of my girlfriend's brothers, I had a girlfriend back then, uh, when I was about 14, just started playing and her brother, he was a bit older. He said, Oh, I, I tried playing bass and I gave up. So he says, I've got a book you might want to use. So he, he gave me this bass instruction book. And I looked at, at a diagram of the fretboard and, I had one of those Eureka moments where I looked at the fretboard and I figured out, like, oh my God, that's where all the note, you know, that's where all the octaves are and that's where all the, you know, the, you know, about music, you know, about the pentatonic scales, the five note scale, which are all the black notes on a keyboard, uh, which are what we call the blues scale. And that's a lot of bass is based on that. Anyway, that all added up in like half a second. It's such a weird thing. And I picked it up and I realized I could go all the way up and down the fretboard based on what key and what... And, and so I just started doing that. And that, that allowed me to improvise more on the guitar, which I was learning at school. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on a little bit. <laughs> but that's, that's how it happened. I and mean, then I started getting into funk music, you know, soul music. Uh, that was a big thing in the East End of London in the 70s. And, um, you know, we, believe it or not, we were all into sort of American soul music. Uh, after sort of heavy metal I got into that and then there were some fantastic players, there was a guy called Stephen Amazing who played with Jeff Beck and he had a band called Up when I was about 16, 17 I used to go and see him live and he was just an incredible player and then I got into Percy Jones from Brand X which was Phil Collins side project when he was in Genesis it was like a jazz funk okay. um, it, was, it was more jazz but it was funky. And he played fretless and he played a wild bass, which I also got into. Uh, And of course, Stanley Clark and and, um, uh, Jacko, Pastorius, you know, I I can't claim to be as good as those guys, but they did did, uh, influence me as well as playing rock and then punk rock. You throw that all in, you know, punk rock hit 75, 76. I used to go and see the bands. And um, so, I don't know. I combined all that stuff and then I got asked to join Adam and Yance in 1979, when I was about 18. And um, I'd, I'd been in a band with, with the guys from Wang Chung, uh, Nick and Jack from Wang Chung, and Glenn sure. Gregory, who went on to be in Heaven 17. And uh, Darren Costin, who was one of the guys in my original band, Lazy, we in a band called 57 Men, and we went touring around England, uh, playing little clubs and pubs for about a year when i was about 18 17 18 and we got on great we 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 had a blast and uh glenn was, is such a nice guy <laughs> um we never had one argument or anything no no we just had a blast but we didn't get anywhere we did, a, we did a big showcase at camden a place in london called camden uh the, the venue was dingwalls in camden, camden Lock. We did a showcase for all the record companies and they, they turned us down. But at that showcase was uh, a guy called Knox from a band called The Vibrators, um, oh. a punk band in London. And he recommended me to uh, Adam add So we broke up, 57 men, Nick, Jack, Glenn, we all broke up. They went off like a year year or two later to form Wang Chung. Uh, I was left bandless. <laughs> and... Um, so I got a call from Dave Barbarossa, the drummer in Adam and the Ants at the time, to come and audition for Adam to play for Adam Ant. I went to the little office, I did the audition, and they gave me a job. And then the next day, I had to learn, I had to learn forty songs that night, oh. and the next day to rehearse. And a couple of days after that, Malcolm McLaren showed up, <laughs> and you know, and then the rest is history. So I had all those influences of jazz, heavy metal, punk. Uh, jazz had a lot of Latin into it, so I liked Latin and flamenco, and uh, and then I but I could also hit it hard for punk. I enjoyed the energy and speed of punk, and um, so I just threw it all in there. And then Malcolm saw it in me and encouraged me, and so did Adam. And then turns out Dave Barbarossa was into Santana, which is you know Latin, so we. Me and him kind of hit it off. and we, we started doing this weird stuff, and Malcolm McLaren just gave us loads of rec- records, vinyl, that he went to a world music store, music from Africa, Latin America, Australia, Czechoslovakia, and basket weaving music. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. And we would just listen to it and try and soak it in. And um, anyway, the, the one key thing that I suppose... Started. It was Adam and and Malcolm McLaren wanted to give us a test. They gave us a cassette with 23 songs on it, which were from all over the world. And they had glam rock songs on there. They had uh, Elvis Presley songs on there. Songs from the musical Oliver. You've got a pick a pocket or two. Uh, uh, Turkish belly dance music. And they they wanted Malcolm wanted to test us, how see how would interpret it and tell us. um, You know, this was 79, 1980 was coming up, we need to come up with new music, and Adamant needs to change his style, maybe you should let these guys have a go. You know, this new bass player that's into jazz and whatnot. So we got this cassette, and over the Christmas break, I listened to it and tried to analyze the structure, you know, uh, and... Adam pulled me to one side before I went back, went home for the break and said, you know, you've got to do something. Come on, I'm expecting you to come up so Malcolm McLaren did the same thing. Pulled me to one side, said, Lee, it's up to you. If you want to stay in this band and do something cool, you've got to come up with something. So I was sweating blood. (laughs) And, um, And Malcolm and Adam were very tough kind of people. I'd never experienced people like that before. I'd always been around... People like Nick and Jack from Wang Chung and Van Gregory, who were just very convivial, and we never argued. These guys were tough as nails. I told you I had to learn 40 something songs from like 7 p.m. the night before to 11 a.m. I stayed up all night. Oh. And I got through the first, I got through 11 songs. It wasn't 40, it was 22 songs. I had to learn 40 songs from another job. No, it was 22 songs. I got through the 11th song, and I made a tiny boo-boo in the rehearsal room. And Adam and the two musicians, Dave and Matthew, put their, put their instrument straps down and just stopped and said, what, what, what the F are you doing? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I said, I- I'm sorry. I said, don't be sorry. Just don't do it again. If you do that in front of a show, I'll kick you out of the bag in front of 3,000 punks. I went, okay. Mm. And they said, are you a hippie? I said, no, no. I said, are, are we... Are we jamming, guys? Is this a jam? Yeah, they. they <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> it yeah, it was like hardcore. My first morning, I made one mistake after learning twenty-two songs overnight, and on the eleventh song, I made the tiniest little boob, boo boo, and um, that was. So I, he said, well, you know, it's up to you. So we better get on with the next stuff. So I never made another mistake after that. <laughs> <laughs> In Marvel bags, we'd all laugh and say, Oh, yeah, let's just start again. You know, everyone made mistakes every now and then. No, those guys didn't. Anyway, so those guys telling me, you know, a week or two later, I've got to come up with something. I I listened to all this stuff, and there was one track on that 23 song cassette which had a track called um, uh, Burundi Black, and it was like a seven is funk interpretation of the a recording of the. Uh, royal Dramas of Burundi in Africa, from Burundi to country. And several artists have used that recording. and um, But so it was that recording was like clavinet played over the top. But the B-side was just purely the African stuff with no overdubs. So I loved that. I, and I loved it once since it first came out when I was about nine. I don't know, I was a kid. And we'd play at our Christmas parties because we had African neighbours and we had Jamaican neighbours, and we would all, you know, dance and sing along to this African drum beat. And I had a little drum, and I would play this little drum. And um, so I remembered that. I thought, oh wow, that's that. So I thought, well, that to me sounds like ants because it was a tri- it was a triplet beat. It just went ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum. So I, I thought, well, that's like six legs. <laughs> you know, boom. <laughs> and um. In my crazy teenage brain, I'm thinking, well, that's kind of out music. So, uh, and I got it on the bass. So I muted the strings and sort of demonstrated that. I went to the rehearsal and, um, you know, and they all said, well, what you got? And I said, well, I've got this beat. He goes, and I did it on the muted strings. And Adam went, that's great. Dave, why don't you do it with him? So he did it with me. And then Matthew did it. And then, then Malcolm came in and, and said, that's your sound. <laughs> it was a very powerful sound all m- muting our strings with the Dave Dave drums all in sync riffing with it and um, and Adam used it later on after we'd split it from him he used it in Kings of the World Frontier
6: okay. but, um,
7: our, our, our version was much faster more frantic more punk his was better produced and had you know more depth to it and was slower but we were just too young and crazy to he was a lot older and more mature i suppose (laughs) anyway that that's that's kind of how that conglomeration of influences came together i hope I haven't rambled on too much
1: no i think um if you listen back to the the early stuff you did in the bow wow, wow albums i mean there's stuff that you're playing on the bass and you know the stuff you're doing you didn't hear a lot of other people that were able to pull that off i think it was incredible the stuff you were doing and you know, you definitely deserve to be like on those best bassist lists. You, you kind of seem like maybe you're oh, overlooked you. sometimes, uh, which is unfortunate. But I know a lot of stuff you were doing out there was pretty great.
7: All right, thank you. No, no, I I do get mentioned because I, you know, I I'm vain enough to have... I don't <laughs> but every now and then my, <laughs> my my name comes up. Oh, another guy you should of oh, is Lee Gomez. And yeah, I I I studied bass. I was. Obsessed with it, you know, and um, I used, like I say, I used to go in, right in front of the bass players I liked and, and watch them. I went to see Stanley Clark. I couldn't get that close to Stanley Clark. It was a big gig. But if it was guys like um, Percy Jones, I used to try and figure out what the hell he was doing. And, you know, and if there was a TV show or, you know, a film recording of a bass player that I liked, I would stop it and pause it and see what they were doing. You know, that's how I learned plus playing by ear and you know I did martial arts too and I you, know, I you know I was into Bruce Lee as a lot of kids were back then and he always was always talking about economy of movement you know his one inch punch that kind of thing so I was always watching uh how you know a lot of, a lot of bass players would, would, would not a lot of the good ones wouldn't move their hands that much because they would put all their movement into their speed and their note and then later on, I realized you had to put on a bit of a show, so you had to exaggerate some of your movements, so it looked like you were doing something, rather than just watching your hand. It's hard to, you know, do the minimum movement to to hit every note. That's how I did it. That's how I could achieve a certain speed. Anyway, if that makes any sense.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, definitely. Well, Lee, I wanted to ask you the, um, the success of, of I Want Candy. How did you guys feel at the time when that song hit? It seems like a lot of people were probably introduced to you because of that song, but also maybe people stopped at that song and, and didn't discover you know the other cool stuff you were doing before and after? I mean, was it kind of a, a blessing or a curse or, or maybe both?
7: Well, I, I, it, I think it was much more of a blessing than a curse because you know, we've gained benefit out of it in terms of recognition, as you mentioned. And it's a fun song to play, and uh, it, it's, it's our version of it, or even though we didn't write it. It's our arrangement. And um the, the, some of the hardcore fans from England that l- l- liked us from Adamant days, um, they they got a bit pissed off. they thought it was a little you know lame, I suppose, but not many. No. I mean, the reason we did it was because <laughs> you know we were trying to do tours in America because we knew that that was where the key to any in, enlarging any on any success would be to tour America. And I always want to do that. And I got a call at 3 a.m. one morning from McLaren, Malcolm McLaren, our manager, saying that RCA, our label at the time, didn't want to give us any tour support in the U.S. because we didn't have a radio-friendly hit. And the single we were about to put out was um, Go Wild in the Country. You know, before that, we'd put out C30, C60, C90, go with the Burundi beat I mentioned earlier. And, um... They were regarded as, you know, too, too weird for Americans. And Malcolm said, yeah, especially that bass on the, the song Go Wild in the Country. He <laughs> said, yeah, it's just too much of that crazy bass, Gorman. It's all your fault. And, uh, I defended myself. I said, Malcolm, it's not. It's, you know, all right, it's a bit crazy, but I make it, try and make it commercial and melodic and supports the vocal. And the vocal's got great hooks. And um, he's like, well, you know, we've got to think of something. We better think of something, Gorman, or, or, or we're out of it. I said, all right. He said, what about a bubblegum song? I said, bubblegum? You mean like the Archies, Sugar, Sugar, you know, the, that little movement in the 60s? So I said, you yeah, what about, know, what about Sugar, Sugar? I thought I couldn't imagine Sugar, Sugar by the Archies being made like that. Oh, <laughs> wow. So we, we, we kind of left that phone call not concluded, but that was, that was the thing. So Malcolm carried on, and um, he got through to some people in New York. He got through to Kenny Laguna, who wrote one of the? He was in the 1910 Fruit Gum Company that wrote that song, "Simple Simon Says," which was a, which was a hit in the 60s, I think, or early 70s. That was a bubblegum song. Yeah, you know, they were. He was part of that whole Richard you uh, scene, you know, with all those guys in New York writing those bubblegum hits, and um, I liked that form. I I thought the, the, the bubblegum songs were, the classic three-minute pop song were kind of a a 20th century work of art. I know it's kind of a bit highfalutin, but I enjoyed that. I liked having nice hooky choruses that you can remember and you can sing along to that stay in your mind and make you feel in a cheerful mood. I thought that was great. Yes. What, can you, what, what, what more is there you know, to, to do in music, I thought, at the time? So I didn't come up with the idea. A guy called Steve Leeds, from, uh, he was a friend of Kenny Laguna's, came up with the idea of doing I Want Candy, which I vaguely knew about at the time. But the record company, the American RCA branch of, the, the American branch of RCA, flew us to Miami and got us this big budget with a studio, got us Kenny Laguna, Joan Jett was there, and they were fantastic and a band. You know, it was a great experience. We recorded it at Criterion Studios in Miami. And, we weren't really given, we were given cassettes at the airport when we landed, and we listened to them on our Walkmans, the original one, the original I Want Candy song. And I thought, I thought well, we, yeah, we can do this. We can make this into something. And then we rehearsed in someone's garage, <laughs> Like, I think the next morning, and uh, we routined the song with Kenny Laguna in the room. And we just, we just changed it into, uh, you know, verse chorus, verse chorus, middle eight verse chorus and put a little bit of our, you know, I put a bit of that scratching thing in there, and I made up a, a rhythm that was a bit like a marching band, you know, like, do, 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 do. that makes any sense. But anyway, and um, <laughs> and uh, I was trying to show Dave the beat, which is the bow diddly beat, and I was playing it with my thumb, and playing the off beats with my nail. So it's... And Dave didn't play the obvious thing, which is the... Bo but he played around it with his timbales, so he sort of Latinized it a little bit. And Dave Dave's family are from Mauritius, which is in the Indian Ocean. And believe it or not, even though it's a country in the Indian Ocean between Africa and India, the music they play there is calypso. <laughs> <laughs> so he was familiar with with that feel. So he he, he took to that stuff like, you know. So he, he added that element. I I was did you not know, in there. And then I hit you know the um, the chords in the in the chorus. And Matthew, the guitar player, he played the melody, and he put some sort of power chords stabs in the in the chorus. You know, and he, he and Kenny, he just went around saying, yeah, 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 that's great, that's great, that's great. And we all came up with our bits together and arranged it. I don't know, in about half an hour, we did it. We've been playing together for two or three years, two years at that point. So we had a sort of um, shorthand between us, and I knew that it had to be like verse chorus verse chorus, and not it. the structure of the original was kind of a little bit fractionated. So I just evened it out, and we weren't like technical songwriters. We just uh, did what I knew was the basic pop format, and um, and we just recorded it. And, and uh, I think I've, I think I've rambled on well enough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we enjoyed doing it. It's been a, a it's huge fun to do every show. Still, I don't get sick of playing it. I enjoy playing it. It has an original feel to it. It's our arrangement. It was well recorded and produced by Kenny. And what, and what else? I mean, uh, and we got paid. We, you know, it never hasn't made us a million dollars, that's for sure. But, you know, we it's helped us over the years. The royalties we've never made a huge amount of money overall. But, like I say, it was our best selling one. And, it opened us up just like uh, the record company were complaining that it was a radio friendly song that introduced millions of Americans and people all over the world to to us to bow wow I hope you can edit that down.
1: <laughs> no it it's uh, it's fascinating how it all came together and I mean you still hear that song now in in films and in commercials I mean it's uh, you guys are definitely uh, still riding the wave as you said
7: Yeah yeah I mean it's calmed down it was about 10, 15 years ago. It was in so many films and, and uh, commercials and, and, uh, and TV shows. It was great. It's, it's calmed down a lot now.
1: Well, Lee, you mentioned uh, in the beginning uh, being confused about, uh, you know, which bow, wow, wow. I wanted to ask you about that. I know Annabella has her own thing going on. Are, are, are you guys, um, I don't know what your relationship is like these days, but um, you're able to, to coexist, it sounds like
7: yeah i mean the world is a big place i mean she left i I don't say anything you know i don't say anything bad about anything because i think it's it's not a good look (laughs) when you do that annabella left uh i think it was about 11 about 10 years ago now and she just left and um and i was the guy running the band and we had a, some shows coming up and I had to, the promoter basically said, you know, if I, I don't, I'm on the contract, he's going to sue me. So I had to find a singer. No choice. I'd already signed the contract and she decided not to do the show and sure. leave the band. And So I found another singer. It wasn't like a, a big, I was very disappointed. I didn't want her to leave. <laughs> you know, I tried to talk her out of it. it didn't do any good and, and she just wanted to go off and do her own thing. So, you know, um, I had to respect that, so but I had to find a singer to to cover the the contract, uh, and it worked, and um, so I carried on, you know, because I love playing the music.
1: Yeah, and as you mentioned, you guys have a bunch of shows lined up now, and things are going well. Um, Lee, could we see any new music uh, from either Bow Wow Wow or you know something from you or anything like that coming up?
7: I have written some new songs. Problem is, you know, running around it. Uh, <laughs> I used to have my own store. I had three commercial studios in in um, in England. I mean, I I was doing mainly dance music, but I did production, and uh, I even produced Martin McLaren's album Paris. in In Paris, I lived in Paris for a year, working with Malcolm McLaren. I did a lot. I did a I hundred commercials. I did all that stuff, so I was around the studio world. Now I'm living in America. I'm not around the studio world, so it's hard to. Get in there. I'm making excuses now. <laughs> but no, I've written new material in the bow wow I'll and it's fun stuff. And um just have to get around to recording it. So that's basically it. It exists, but it's not recorded. But I will be recording new stuff.
1: Excellent. Well, you got a lot of stuff going on, as we've mentioned here. Is there anything else maybe in the works or something else we should be watching out for?
7: Um. Yeah, I mean, the singer I'm working with, Madeline, uh, or Dame Madeline, that's a a professional name, Madeline Feller, she does lounge jazz music and all kinds of stuff, and uh, she plays in Las Vegas, and uh, I might be doing some of that too, because if you listen to the music I did with Malcolm McLaren and his solo albums, I worked on that Paris album in the 90s, and we used a lot of jazz you know, I worked with some fantastic jazz players in London and, and Paris. And uh, I also produced Gary Kemp's solo album, Little Bruises. And I, I worked with a lot of great music. I booked my favorite bass players. I booked um, Pino Palladino, who was fantastic. I booked uh, the rhythm section of the Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were great, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, we had a good budget. It didn't get re- released in a big way because, you know, there were internal record company problems, let's put it that way. It was nothing to do with us. But uh, if you listen to those things, you know, I, I like to think I, I, had a, I achieved a high standard of production. And uh, Malcolm was pleased with the result. And we did a song with um, Catherine Deneuve, the French actress called Paris Paris. And I think it was number one in Poland for six weeks. <laughs> 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 and it gets used in movies and stuff like that, and and a lot of the music from that album. I used that was a lot of world music, a lot of music from Algeria um, and Africa. We used African choirs singing, and uh, but I based it on the on the music of uh, Eric Satie, I was you know the composer with the turn of the century, the French composer who I think was like the the musical equivalent of Van Gogh, because he, he is a weird, obviously not quite well uh <laughs> guy, uh, but it's somehow it, it, his a different look upon life, his, non, you know, his non-neurotypical uh, brain came up with this haunting music. Um, you used to hear it a lot, in, you still hear it in commercials, called the Gymnopodes, yeah, that, that melody that goes da da da, 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 da 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 I can't sing it. But anyway, you'd know it if you heard it. So anyway, I, I got that, those melodies and translated them into we've got jazz trumpeters to play them and we used it for Levi commercials all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so then Malcolm said, well, we should just turn all this stuff into an album. So we did. We converted, you know, we changed the music because we're not allowed to use the same music for the commercial as the album. So we changed... I changed the, you know, the music around, but the basic idea was there. And that was another thing I did with Malcolm. And it, it, it was, you know, it didn't reach commercial success, but it did, re- you know, a lot of people come up to me and talk to me about, about the album. And I, I might even go to Paris to redo some of that. That, that would be fun. Cause I, you know, I'm still in contact with some of the people that I made it with. And um, I'd like to redo it. You know, Malcolm has passed away unfortunately he passed away in 2010 and uh if he was still here i, I probably would have done something else with him I, I, I don't know somehow he used to bring out the best for me so i think i've talked enough
1: no it's uh, it's <laughs> fascinating um it's been an honor speaking with you and um, i've been a big fan of yours for a long time and thank you so much for your time today i appreciate it
7: oh and thank you for asking me it's indeed a pleasure I think I had a bit too much coffee before, but never mind. <laughs> I hope it won't be too hard to edit it all down.
1: No, that's okay. I, I really appreciate you being so generous with your time. Thank you so much.
7: All right, you're welcome. And uh, let me know what it is.
1: All right, will do. Thank you again.
7: All right, cheers then. Bye, Dustin. Right.
1: And again, that was the one and only Lee Gorman, founder and bassist for Bow Wow Wow.
0: I don't want to like you. I'll shop around. I don't want you. I don't want you, town. I don't want to want you. I'll shop around. I'll shop around. I can get a train. I don't need no hamburgers. No takeaway. I want my own game. No bacon, take. No strawberry milkshake. I want to pick. walking down these dark, lonely streets. I don't know you. I don't know you, town. I don't want to know you. I'll shop around. I'll shop around. I can get a train. I don't need no hamburgers, no takeaway. I want my own game. No bacon take. No strawberry. milk
5: Hi, this is Cindy Wilson from the B-52s, and you listen to Five Count. Woo-woo, baby! everybody what's happening i'm eugene hoots from gogo bordello you're listening to the five count ciao ciao
1: You're ready I'm so ready You're okay to come back I'm ready to come back You can do this I can do it Welcome back to the five count Ton's here, he can do it I love cars That was Lee Gorman from Bow Wow Wow Yes Yeah, that was a good one He's a good guy he It's good a good band guy. Ton, you're alright too Thank you so much Do you feel like How much Bow Wow Wow do you listen to and Do you feel it's the adequate amount I mean, I'm going to guess that it's not the adequate amount,
2: because I don't listen to very much of it.
1: You should definitely listen to more than none, if that's what you're saying. It's not
2: 100% none, but I probably hear a song
1: three times a year. Okay. Same song? Yeah, probably. We played Bow Wow Wow on the very first episode of this show. Man. I remembered that because we just played all those same songs again (laughs) like a few months ago on episode 1000. Sure. You remember. Yes. Well, anyway, they're on tour here and there. Maybe you should go see them. It's not a bad idea, actually. Or stick around. Maybe you can just listen to Ton. He might have something funny to say. Maybe. Possibly. He said all sorts of really funny stuff like 10 years ago. 10 years ago I did? I do know know that. Man. And the reason I know that is because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five count history. Tonya, look a little confused. Are you checking the calendar or I'm, what? I'm checking some stuff here. Okay, well. December 7th, 2013. That was 10 years ago. Back when you were a real funny wise guy. <laughs> so get this done. It was me and you and our special friend, Richie Ramone of the Ramones. You remember that? Yeah, that's awesome. When we had one of the Ramones on the show? Yes. That was a big show for me. To me, that was a big deal. There aren't many Ramones left.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, when we did that, it was still one of those things that we discussed where Ramones like t-shirts were still extremely popular. I mean, they might still be, but it was like you'd see these young people all over wearing Ramones shirts, and it just seemed like weird. Like, you want to ask them, like, do you really even listen to the Ramones?
1: I don't know, but they must have. And then we had them on our show. It's because Ton is a gatekeeping boomer.
2: (laughs) Not really. He doesn't want
1: you wearing band shirts unless you know all about them. Oh, no, you're welcome to wear them. Name five Ramones albums. Can't do it? take that shirt off (laughs) that's what he said to some kid at the mall i made him cry no
2: i did not i'm open to them wearing it and not knowing anything about it that's
1: fine but it
2: was just i remember us talking about
1: that at that time well there are three ramones still alive we talked to one of them so we could still get the other two on maybe at some point it's a good plan ton you know what else we did You complained about the upcoming remake of RoboCop. That's a real thing. I cried about my bad back. Man, even 10 years ago. Yeah. And, Ton, you explained why you hate Mankato's Kiwanis holiday lights. Oh, man. What a grinch. Wow. That was
2: 10 years ago. Yeah, I really (laughs) felt strongly about that. You want to know how strongly I felt about those lights? Ton hates Christmas joy. That's not true. Um, Mostly true. I felt so strongly against the Kiwanis lights. Now you moved. That I never went to them until like literally last year, I think, was my first time. And you loved them? I brought my daughter there. Um, I They're okay. They're fine. Um, It was fun bringing her. Like she really enjoyed it. That's fine. I mean, I have a different opinion of them now. I still think it's like, um... A ton has grown as a
1: person over the last 10 years.
2: Yeah, the thing I disliked previously is that um, at one point, the neighborhood that I that I still live in and lived in at that time um, was the neighborhood that was decorated in this town all while I was growing up as a child. And so that neighborhood was one that, that you would go to and drive through and experience Christmas lights and... Uh, I remember doing that as a child. And you had... I felt like you had more personality involved because each house, you know, decorated themselves. I'm sure the neighbors helped each other or whatever, but you had different houses decorated in different ways and whatever. And Kiwanis is just extremely commercialized and it's all the same stuff probably pretty much every year. There's a lot of, you know, like cutouts of... All the pop culture stuff and with some lights put around them and, you know, whatever. It's not, it's just way more commercialized and not so personal in my opinion. So it just feels less, uh, I don't know, less, less joyful and personal to me. It's still pretty, you know, I like looking at lights. I like Christmas lights. But I also like enjoying, I enjoy like driving around and trying to find neighborhoods where people have decorated their own homes and I enjoy that too. I really like that a lot because you never know what you're going to
1: see. You know, for at least 10 years or more, I was narrating your walk through the Kiwanis holiday lights. yeah, Yeah. You missed out on that.
2: I did. That's a bummer.
1: I get people from high school all the time. Sending me, like, messages and stuff. Hey, I heard you at the Kiwanis lights. <laughs> Didn't know you were a celebrity. That's awesome. Ah, those are how people from LeSueur talk. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Then I said, shut up. That's
2: pretty good. How did you get this number? I am glad they have, like, warming houses. um, Because, you know, it was really cold when I took Sophia, but then just hung out in one of the warming houses for a while and got covid that was nice you know it was pretty good you know and it's different when when i can see her enjoying it and stuff it's all good i'm all for it i don't try to poison her thoughts with mine at all but 10 years ago
1: ton was fed up
2: yeah i oh i think 10 years ago must have been around when it was starting or whatever was real popular or something and Maybe. I was really not interested when it when that happened.
1: I'll come back to the present knowledge, you're less angry.
2: Yeah, the, I mean, and they stopped doing it in the neighborhood that I live in, which is a bummer. I mean, I decorate my house and there's some houses on my block that decorate, but it's nowhere near what it what it once was
1: ton i got a five count mailbag question sent to the five count hotline from a jolly man who's happy at all times awesome yeah you know that could be you if you were not so nervous or wishy <laughs> maybe you could send ton a message
2: yeah you could send it right to the five count hotline five zero seven five one nine twenty thirty
1: this message reads dear five count i thought i would keep it simple this week you arrive at the gates of hell, and the devil says, ketchup or mustard, you can only choose one. Which do you choose? Signed, t M.D. done how do you feel about that? You gonna partake of Satan's mustard? I
2: feel like if you if you're at the gates of hell and he asks you that, you can't no answer you give is gonna be the right one.
1: It'd probably be that real spicy mustard.
2: It would be yeah, it would be either if you chose mustard, it would be some crap mustard that you hated for the rest of your life, or if you chose ketchup, maybe they'd give you mustard or you know what I mean? Like there'd be some catch to it, I feel like. So I don't know, that's a weird question i mean i'd probably i really like mustard but i'm more uh, i mean i guess i do like all different kinds of mustard but it's more like specific mustards depending on what i'm eating um ah and then ketchup is kind of the same way except i just kind of like one kind of ketchup
1: do you eat ketchup or catsup
2: I'll eat either one. I actually really like hunts. I don't know if that's catsup or ketchup, but hunts I prefer actually over Heinz, which is probably kind of weird to most people.
1: Um, I don't know. What are you eating it on? Just straight out of the bottle? Yeah. Just take a couple shots here
2: and there. No, I'll have ketchup on, like, uh, I mean, sometimes I'll mix
1: ketchup and mustard for, like, a corn dog. Now, I'm asking, like, in this hypothetical satanic setting of do you want ketchup or mustard? Not just you at your house. Okay,
2: then I don't know. I mean, yeah, what do I? How do I eat? Do I get to have, like, french fries? But I really like mayo with ketchup or just mayo on its own with french fries.
1: Tan just eats... Miracle Whip out of the jar with a ladle.
2: Not Miracle Whip, Mayo.
1: He's a Miracle
2: Wimp. It's a totally different thing than Miracle Whip. Um I don't know. Mustard. I'm gonna say mustard. Okay. I'm Do I get say... varieties? Can I only have
1: one kind of mustard? No. Tony Tone, you gotta give me the details here. Maybe next week. We gotta move on, Ton. Don't get so worked up. All right. Listen. The show's almost over, but we do have time to hear a story. The story of Christmas from Burr Ives. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't that something? Yes. Do you know what Christmas is? No idea. Well. Never heard of it. And you're going to want to stay tuned to this.
3: Many years before our story began, the prophets, the wise men of Israel, told the people that someday God would send his son to earth. To save all mankind. The prophet said he would be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. Many years went by, and the promised child did not arrive. Then came the first Christmas.
0: Midnight starlight. Bethlehem has gone to sleep. God will bring his son the king to earth, midst and sheep
3: the christmas story is a tale of glory a story of wonder and joy about god who gave his son to save every girl and boy the story began with a hard-working man named joseph and mary his wife Both of them loved the Lord above as they started their married life. Then an angel's voice said, Mary, rejoice, for I have come to proclaim, You will bear God's Son, the Promised One, and Jesus shall be His name. The baby
0: Jesus will soon
3: be born. At first she was frightened, then mary brightened at the angel's glorious word happily lovingly she told joseph what she had heard joseph refused to believe the news it was clear that he wasn't pleased but An angel came in a dream to explain and put Joseph's mind at ease.
0: The baby Jesus will soon be born.
3: Then all Galilee received a decree from Caesar, the ruler in Rome. The order directed a tax be collected in the town each person called home. As the story is told, the weather was cold, for outside the winter winds blew. The journey was long, and Mary not strong, for the little baby was due.
0: Baby Jesus was soon to
3: be born. The pair set out on a journey south, for the taxes had to be paid. Weather blown, they traveled alone on a road on a cold winter's day. It was necessary that Joseph and Mary follow Caesar's command. But did they know on that road long ago that God had set out to save man? Baby Jesus was soon to be born. The journey took them to Bethlehem, the town where Joseph was born. They looked on the way for a place they could stay, for Mary was cold and worn. There are no beds, the innkeeper said. There's nothing I can suggest. Joseph frowned. My wife must lie down. We've come far and she needs to rest. Joseph's words caused the innkeeper to pause and look at the dusty stranger a baby you say well perhaps she should stay uh, uh, with the animals back in the manger it's the best I can do he said taking them to where the manger was located so Mary was able to lie in the stable and Joseph and Mary waited Midnight, starlight, Bethlehem has gone to sleep God will bring his son, the king To earth, midst cattle and sheep Midnight, starlight, the Bethlehem night has grown chill The baby arrives, God's son is alive For a moment, the whole world stands still. While Bethlehem slept in the hills, shepherds kept watch on their sheep nearby. The night grew bright with a heavenly light, and an angel appeared in the sky. I bring to you glorious news. And the angel told of the birth of a Savior, a King, a man who would bring salvation and peace on earth. The baby Jesus is born. The shepherds fell to their knees and said, Tell us, please, where can we worship him? The angel said, Well, he hasn't a bed. He's in a manger in Bethlehem. As the shepherds drew near, more angels appeared, and the night air fairly glistened. The lonely hills rang with the song they sang, and the breathless shepherds listened.
0: The baby Jesus is born. The baby Jesus is born. born.
3: With what they had learned, the shepherds turned, and down the hillside they ran. Worshipfully, they said, we must see God's Son, who was born as a man. In the manger in town, the shepherds found the place where the baby lay. The only sound for miles around was the animal's soft serenade. The shepherds told Joseph and Mary of the extraordinary sight that they had seen, of the heavenly throng and the angel's song, and Mary looked very serene. The shepherds then gazed in loving praise at the baby who lay there and smiled, then slowly knelt by the manger and felt the love of the little child. With the shepherds enthralled, Mary recalled the words when the angel first came. With appropriate prayer, the parents prepared to give the baby his name. The baby Jesus was born. Christmas began when God gave man his son. Our Savior and King, on this Christmas Eve, with the gifts you receive, think of the gift only Jesus can bring.
0: Midnight
6: Starlight.
1: And we're back. Oh, yeah. Hi, welcome back to the Five Count. <clears throat> what a wonderful story. We told, we heard that story for about roughly 10 minutes. Ton sat very quietly, listening intently, and then he waited until we were back on the air to clear his throat into the mic. <laughs> Figure that out. Figure it out, why don't you? Hey, welcome back to the show. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Are we back on? <clears throat> Just
2: want the real phlegmy reality, you know what I mean? I want the listeners to really
1: know. You can't handle the real phlegmy reality of the five count. (laughs) Can you handle the phlegm? Wow. That was Burl Ives telling us all about Christmas. You know, Christmas is coming up, Tom. It is. Have you got your Christmas shopping finished? It's coming up quick. Um, I hate to say this, but I have not gotten it completely 100%, but that's okay. You know where you could do your Christmas shopping? Where? Lori Dawn Ceramics. Yes! I just heard, on good authority... From Lori Dawn herself That you can in fact Order the five count Christmas ornament From Lori Dawn Ceramics That's awesome It is back Get your order in now If you want it on your tree By Christmas I got one on my tree It's beautiful Let me say this Order a bunch And if they don't make it in time for Christmas They could easily be turned into A medallion That you could wear out to the bar Or to a wake Or something Or something fancy like that it's a really good plan actually that's what i do yeah go to lori dawn ceramics for all your ceramic needs and tis the season to celebrate your favorite radio hunks by joining us on patreon Wouldn't that be something you could gift a patreon membership to a friend who maybe is too stubborn or dumb to go to the site and sign up for it themselves (laughs) You could force it on them. Say, hey, you don't know what you're missing, jackass. (laughs) Sign them right up. Just go there now. It's only a dollar. You get access to everything. Early and all often and hard and hot and heavy and phlegmy. (laughs) (laughs) All those things. Wow. A lot of adjectives come your way with the Five Con on Patreon. Beautiful. Um. In fact, we just released something special for the gentle listeners out there. It's called Ton Reads He-Man. Wow. So you'll want to check that out. I really need to get back to recording more of those. Yeah, you need to do a lot of things. What are you waiting for?
2: I'm not waiting. I'm waiting for a time where I have time to do that stuff. More time.
1: Oh, Ton needs time to wait for a time before he has more time. That checks. (laughs) Well, in the meantime, you could go to the 5 if you got time to do that. A lot of fun stuff on there. A lot of maybe not so fun stuff, but you get what you pay for. If I could go ahead and retire real quick, then I'd have plenty of time. Okay. Well, you have my blessing. All right. Then, you'd have plenty of time to join us on YouTube. You could watch the 5 Count Co-op. That's the other show we do. That's a good plan. Did you know we had all these shows?
2: The five-count co-op where we play old video
1: games and yell at each other a lot. Isn't that something? We have this radio show on Saturdays. We have the YouTube show that's on Tuesdays. We do separate other shows on Patreon. I have another stupid show on KMSU on Mondays at one thirty. That's like a lot of stuff. It is. And you take us for granted. It's a lot, a lot of stuff. Don't you feel bad? Do you feel guilty about that? <laughs> All the stuff Ton does for you, and this is what he gets? I'm yeah. ashamed.
2: <laughs> You're ashamed even.
1: I guess we could always stop. I thought so too, but it just seems like keeps on going. Mm-hmm. Definitely does. Thanks to Lee Gorman from Bow Wow Wow for joining us tonight. That was fun. Ton, thank you. That was even more fun (laughs) for you joining us. It's been great, you know? Happy Christmas. I'm so glad it's here. Stay tuned, because next Saturday we might have some fun stuff. Might be giving away some things. Might be nude. (laughs) Just straight to that. Wow. Who knows? Who knows what it could be? Not me. guess we'll all find out together. Oh, yeah. One thing I do know, you can't spell Christmas without Electro. <laughs> Here it is.